Hello, I am Brother Chris and welcome to One Living Word, where we examine and share spiritual lessons on one or more verses from one chapter of the Bible. Today we're focusing on the topic adopted, based on our reading of Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5. Let us hear what the word of the Lord has to say in this passage of scripture. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem that them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The moment Adam and Eve ate the fruit, humanity was placed into bondage and under the law. The moment Adam and Eve sinned, we lost the covering of the glory of God, resulted in shame and nakedness. You see, my friend, this bondage of sin caused Adam and Eve to be thrown out of the Garden of Eden and from the presence of God. Those frequent one-on-one face-to-face sessions that they had in the Garden with God was now gone following their disobedience. But what is truly amazing about the story recorded in Genesis chapter 3 is that God didn't leave Adam and Eve to guess what was going to happen to them after they transgressed his law in terms of their future. The moment Adam and Eve sinned and became knowledgeable of good and evil, God paid them a visit and gave them, and by extension all humanity, a promise found in Genesis 3 and verse 15. Here is what the word of the Lord says. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. In this passage of scripture, God told them that he would pay the wages for their transgressions, thereby reconciling them back to God. In this passage, God told them that the serpent will cause some pain and destruction, but eventually, God will eliminate him for good. You see, the sins of Adam and Eve now separated them from God and placed them in a position where this separation could be permanent had not someone stepped forward to pay the ransom for their sins. Notice carefully that God didn't tell Adam and Eve when he would come. He gave no date. He just told them what he was going to do to rescue them from the ultimate penalty of their transgression. So Adam and Eve died with the expectation that God would fulfill the promise he made to them. Let us fast forward to the writings of the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5, the Bible records that Jesus fulfilled the promise he made to Adam and Eve and by extension, all of us human beings. The word of the Lord says, But when this fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of Son. Hallelujah! Here the Apostle Paul reminds us that God will always fulfill the promise he made to us. But we need to understand that this will be done in the fullness of time. 
What is truly fascinating about the words of Paul is the fact that Jesus didn't only come to redeem us from sin by paying the wages of our transgression, his action would also result in us moving from the position of being under or subjected to the law to becoming adopted as a son or daughter of God. God's actions change our status from slave to son or daughter. Hallelujah! What a wonderful Savior is Jesus our Lord. And notice carefully that this action by God was not for a select group of people called the Jews. This action was in response to the promise God made to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 verse 15 and it was for all mankind. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on this passage of scripture, said the following, For he was sent to redeem us, that we might receive the adoption of sons, that we are no longer be accounted and treated as servants, but as sons grown up to maturity, who are allowed greater freedom and admitted to larger privilege than while they were under tutor and governor. This, the course of the Apostle Paul's agreement, leads us to take notice of as one thing intended by his expression, though no doubt it may also be understood as signifying that gracious adoption which the gospel so often speaks of as the privilege of those who believe in Christ. End of quote. It is such a good thing to know that we no longer have to live under the condemnation of the law. We no longer need to live as slaves. Instead, God has prepared a way for us to become sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul outlines what we need to do in order to take advantage of the actions that Jesus uh, made on the cross of Calvary. The word of the Lord says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here Paul makes it clear that faith in Jesus will place us in a position to receive the gifts of becoming a son or daughter through adoption. Today, God is calling on us to accept the gift by exercising our faith in Jesus Christ and the plan of redemption. It is my prayer that we will continue to surrender every single year of our lives to the total control of the Holy Spirit so that God can help us to exercise our faith to accept the gift of salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful for this powerful message that you have given to us today. We thank you, Lord, for the adoption that you have provided, that you've paid the wages for our transgressions, so that, Lord, we can become a son or daughter of the King of Kings and Lord as Lord. Help us, Lord, to exercise our faith in you so we can claim this important promise, we pray, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Have a blessed and Holy Spirit-filled day.